Hey, greetings, folks. Boss Lewis here with you. And for another of our weekly Kingdom Outlooks, it is uh, the week of March 4th uh, when this will be posted. So I'm hoping you are having a great day. Yes, I'm growing back the facial hair for a season. We'll see how much we like it. It's chilly out, so I might like it for a while, but we'll see. I had to shave it for my um, uh, my son's wedding. That was my wife's deal. She didn't want me to have any facial hair during the wedding. She goes, those pictures are for life. I said, every picture's for life, you know. Um, so that was a deal I made so that we would be uh, stay married. Um, so just kidding. Uh, so, hey, as we get going here, would you do me a favor? Would you go ahead and like uh, the video? Subscribe if you're on YouTube. Subscribe if you're on Rumble. I put them up in all these places. Um, and would you like our Facebook page and stuff like that? We're on Instagram. We're on Locals. We're, uh, but you can also download the Gate Church uh, app, the Gate Church of Jacksonville. Uh, we have a Facebook page for that and this ministry. And you can also, uh, if you download that, you won't get these videos, but you'll get some of the other videos that I do do that are specific for the Gate Church. So you have plenty of ways to get us and follow us. Of course, always, lewisdcn.com that you can uh, find a bunch of courses. We do have a new course that's going to be released very soon uh, on the foundations. The, uh, the, it is the journey of the church uh, to perfection in Christ. We're dealing with the six, uh, Rome, Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1, where it talks about our perfection and, and the foundational principles. And these are this is actually a journey. It's a prophetic journey of the church. It's a, a journey you'll go through, I go through, but also we go corporately through. And it's one of the most requested ones that I get that people just want me to go over again. So we are starting to film that this week. And those videos will start dropping and then we will make, it's only $50. You're going to get a 70-page manual. It's a very in-depth manual. And um, so you're going to get a lot of stuff and you get to do it at your pace, which is what we love about doing online. Also, just to let you know, we're also looking at doing the Gate School of the Spirit here in Jacksonville, and you might want to be a part of that. Let me know in the comments section. Uh, email us uh, at infothegatejacks.com and let us know, hey, we're interested in the school. Can you put us on that list so we know that's coming? Uh, it's going to be Sunday afternoons to start out just one Sunday a month. We just want to see what hunger level we have and those that are willing to commit you know three hours a sunday just one sunday a month the first sunday a month actually to just come together and to uh actually uh be trained and equipped and talk about the kingdom and we'll pray for the sick and all those stuff as we're there so This week, I want to talk about apprehending the promises of God. Um, and I want to talk uh, about the need to go after the things God has promised instead of having the attitude that there's no contending for the thing that you're going after, which is how many people do approach um, uh, promises that they they tend to sometimes... Um, um, Think that because God has promised it, that there's nothing for us to do, that we don't have to um, contend or work for. Um, and so, one of the first um, one of the first quotes I ever 
got from that I ever wrote down from Bill Johnson. This was in 07, January of 07. And Bill was talking about contending and something that I was very familiar with and very passionate. My my offense with Bill is that he says it so well um, that um, that it's kind of stunning. But basically it went like this. If you if you do not contend for it, you will not have the passion to keep it if God gives it to you. And this is true. And so what happens to a lot of people is God gives a promise, but there is no um, there is there is no real um, um, hunger to a level that is it is is something that they are dying to have to see happen in their life. And this will today we're going to specifically talk about the anointing. We're going to talk about uh, um, I just I pulled up bills. Uh, what I do is I have like a bill quote thing. It's seven pages in a word document. And uh, I haven't added to this in a while, but that was the first one. It's on the bottom of the page. Every time I get a new one, I put it up on top. Um, if we don't contend for the things of God, we won't have the passion to keep them when God gives them to us. What a great quote. And I want to talk to you about that. I want to talk to you about why you have to contend, why God doesn't just give everyone this um, anointing to heal the sick like it's free of charge and um, you know, you're now a believer and instantly you go out and you see hundreds of people saved. And why doesn't that work? And why, why the church sometimes has promises that seem not to come to pass, which is the kind of thing we want to uh, address. Like how do we, how do we bring these promises to pass um, uh, more readily in our life? And that's really what we want to do. So I'm going to take a couple minutes doing that today in this week's thing. Uh, because it's on my heart so bad. And so I want to talk about some of the things that I've seen, some of the problems that, you know, some of the failures. I remember Randy Clark talking about, he did one thing in the healing school where the whole session was about his failures, but time it didn't work. He says, one night, everything's working. The next night, nothing's working. He's like, why God, you know? And one of the reasons was he had to give God praise even when nothing happened. He couldn't just praise God when something happened. There was a couple lessons in that. But something that most people don't, I don't think, know that Bill and Randy do is they, I knew they did for a while, for a long time there, but I don't know if they're still doing it. Obviously with COVID, they probably talk on the phone more frequently. And they would talk about what areas they're seeing breakthrough in, what areas they're not, what they have to contend for, what sickness and disease seems to be a block and why is that one a block and how do they have to literally pray and seek God for the anointing uh, Bill tells us a wonderful story not so wonderful but a, a, it is a wonderful story except for the five people who came to the meetings in Texas all had MS were in wheelchairs and not one of them walked away healed they all came there they, they were all told come you get a healing Bill will pray for you God will do a miracle and they got nothing and and, and, you know, that happens. It's it's one of the things that we, we have to wrestle with, that when we pray for people, we don't want them to get us. We want them to get Christ. We want them to get the miracle they need. And sometimes when we pray, they get us. And we're, and we're, did you ever, I mean, I don't know about you, but I get frustrated with that. Okay. And that's something that um, I think Bill would tell you actually drove him into a little bit of depression before he saw the breakthrough in miracles. Thank God, you know, 
uh, Bill has uh, shared that, so we can not we can avoid that. But we we sometimes don't understand why. Why is there not this breakthrough? And, and here's here's why. Um, I feel like in this season there's like this low hanging fruit of promise from God, and yet that low hanging fruit, as low as it is, is still in the another realm. It's in a heavenly realm. And we have to press through this realm have, have and, and, and apprehend that. That's how the promise is all. It says, let me turn to Ephesians real quick. You can do it. Ephesians chapter 1. I got some notes here, but I probably won't get to them because that's just me. Um, that's why I don't like giving people my notes sometimes because I never follow them. Um, it says, um, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. That's where the promises lie. The promises are in heavenly realms. You might think they're in natural realms, but if you're looking for natural promises, if you're looking, but still that promise was spoken in heaven. It was, it's a heavenly promise and you have to break through and, and you have to seek after God and you have to knock so it's opened and you have to seek until you find. You have to ask until it's given. This is what Jesus told us in Matthew 7. And sometimes we don't understand that. When Jesus is talking in Matthew 7, and he's talking about ask, seek, and, and knock, he's not talking about your daily bread. God will provide for you for your daily bread. We just ask. He knows what we have need of. But when it comes to the promises of God, when it comes to the spiritual blessings of God, when it comes to the anointing, when it comes to the power we have to do some, we have to seek until we obtain, until we apprehend it. And the church has lost this concept because we teach faith as if faith is, doesn't have any work. Faith doesn't have any pressing in. If I mentally ascend to it, if I can convince myself mentally that I have it, then it should work for me. And, and, and for this reason, many Christians fall away. From miracles, they go back into a, a a fallback position because where they might pray for other things, they don't they don't pray for miracles. They don't you know. So let me just tell you a story. I've seen miracles in my life for twenty seven years from Rodney, but I didn't see them like on demand kind of thing, like not readily available. Um, and and I knew God called me to that. And, so here as a prophet, I get ordained as a prophet. I'm so, you know, nine years of pressing in, nine years of seeking God. This is what he promised me, this prophetic mantle. And I'm, and I'm so excited and I'm so humbled by it, but I'm excited. I got to tell you, I was relieved. I was excited. I was kind of like, oh, God, thank you. This is what I've been, you know, you promised me. And I saw this, you know, nine years ago. And, and then as they're prophesying over to me, they start talking to me about apostleships, something that I didn't even really understand, which is the same case if you've ever heard my story when it came to prophetic. I wasn't in a house that believed in prophets, so that was an issue. And I'm like, oh, now I start, I, I start getting prophetic words about being an apostle from people. Not from me, from people. People who don't know me. People, prophets and apostles and, and presbyteries are calling this out in me, and I'm not as happy as you might think I am, because I know there's a cost to that. I know there is a serious cost to it. And I think this is what people don't understand. 
if all you want to do is go to heaven, there's not as much of a cost. But if you want to bring heaven, there's a cost. There's a heavy cost. It's everything. Bill Johnson once said this in Orlando, Florida. He said, I don't like talking about the cost because it literally seems so insignificant compared to Christ himself and what he paid. It just seems like we shouldn't even be discussed and have to discuss it. Because he gave everything. He said, there's all, there's, I'm going to tell you what the cost is. He said, the cost is everything. I think that that's the thing we're afraid to give Christ. Here's what we're afraid of. If I give him everything, does that mean I'm going to lose my family? If I give him everything, does that mean my dreams of being married go away? If I give him everything, does it mean my dream of being a parent goes away? If I give him everything, does that mean that, and we're so afraid to give over this to, to number one, let me say this. God's a good God. <laughs> and he has enriched my marriage and my family. Not because Lewis and Kathy are so smart. We're not that smart. We just love hard. We just love hard. I, we love hard. We love our kids hard. We, and we try to live with integrity every single day of our life. And, and my kids know this and, and have followed that. When I stand in front of someone, I never accuse them of not having faith. People want to ask, why didn't that person get healed? And I go, because they got me. That's a tough one for people. I've said this for years. They're supposed to get Jesus. Here's why I say that. Even when Jesus exposed someone's lack of faith, that person still received their miracle when he was talking to them. So the man by the pool of Bethesda doesn't show a lot of faith. He shows a lot of complaining, yet he still gets healed. You understand know what I'm saying? Even when the, uh, the man comes to Jesus and his daughter is dying, and Jesus just says, he gets the word, your daughter's day. He says, fear not, just believe. He says, oh, I do believe, but help my unbelief. We're, we're all there. Okay, we've all been there. And I, and I think that that is something that we, we don't fully comprehend. That we can have all this faith and then still be struggling in this area, so to speak. We could still be struggling in a different area than, than that. And I, I think that's hard for us. I think that that is difficult for us. I was looking for um, a book. Oh, it was, it's in my, sorry, it's Smith Wigglesworth. I was reading it last night and he said, um, well, I, I can't quote it because I won't quote it accurately. Imperfect faith is always due to imperfect knowledge, something like that. In other words, because we don't have a knowledge of God, because we don't have the wisdom, we don't have the revelation, that is where imperfect faith comes from. All right. So what I, when I get this word to be an apostle and God wants to do things, I'm praying. So from this is January 1, 03. I pray all the way through 01, 03, 04, 05, 06. I am, by the way, I am seeing glorious outpourings of the prophetic, visions, revelation. That kind of stuff is just glorious. I'm doing meetings from 3 o'clock to midnight. And people are just 
in the presence, but we're not seeing miracles. And I'd seen some before. I mean, I've seen some miracles. December 6th of 2006, some of my spiritual daughters, some still lived in Nashville, one lived here. They went up to Nashville. They were in Nashville. They went to go see this guy named Bill Johnson. And I'd been teaching them what I've seen in the kingdom. I've been teaching them that. And Bill was started teaching the same things. And they 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 called me and said, Lou, this guy Bill Johnson's like a big you. Like the things you taught us, he taught us. And it was amazing. And when they spoke, the Lord spoke to me. You need to have him. He's going to lay hands on you for your apostolic anointing. I don't know Bill Johnson. I don't know who Bill Johnson is. So I go on the internet. I find Bill Johnson. He's the senior pastor of Bethel Church in Redding, California. They have a phone number. I make a phone call. I say, I say, hey, uh, Bill Johnson have an assistant? Yes, her name is Judy Franklin. Does Judy Franklin have an email that I can email her? Yes, and they gave me her. Judy Franklin, God bless you. You are such a, just a godsend. And Judy Franklin, um, I sent her an email. This is what the email basically said. Dear Judy Franklin, I'm a minister in Jacksonville, Florida. I'm so hungry for, for what for for what God has for me. I, I believe Bill is supposed to lay hands on me for impartation. I think I said Pastor Bill. I said, would he be willing to do that if I came to Webb, Alabama for the conference? Three hours later, I get an email back. Basically says, Mr. DeCiana, Bill says he would love to lay hands on you for impartation uh, in Alabama. But he will not be able to give you any personal time in between meetings or anything because he will be giving himself to the host of the meeting. I was like, hey, that's fine. That's that's good. That's all right. And so I took a team of people. I said, well, if I'm going, you might as well come with me. I took seven people. Kathy had to stay home. We had two, three small, oh, seven. We had three small kids at the time. And I got up early on a Sunday morning. before we had our church. I got up early on Sunday morning. I think we left here, left my house around uh, 4.30 in the morning. Drove to Web, Alabama. We get an hour difference. So 4.30 is 3.30 there. We pull up uh, in the parking lot at 9.30. I'm walking up the steps um, into the church. And the Holy Spirit speaks to me. and says, you must receive the apostle in the name of the apostle. If you want the apostles reward. Okay, Lord. And, I, and I'm, I'm just talking to the Holy Spirit. I said, okay, Lord, then I'm going to need him to lay hands on me five times. And the reason I said that is because in the interim from December to January, it's just about a month. I ordered his book. I read heaven invades earth. And in that book, he says, Randy Clark laid hands on him five times. And I said, okay, well, then he's got to lay hands on me five times. See, it's 9.45, I walk through the double doors. As I walk through into the double doors, as I walk in, the double doors shut, and I hear, let us pray. And I stop. The pastor of the church, since it's Sunday morning, he had a Bible study from 9.15 to 9.45 with his congregation before the crowds came in for the conference. 
And I just stopped and bowed my head. And a man reaches over and starts praying for me. And he starts, says, Lord, give this man everything he came here. They fill him with everything that he, give him, give him everything he came here, the anointing. But he just starts praying for me. I'm looking out of the corner of my eyes before I had glasses so I could do this a little easier. But I could still see. I can't read, but I can, I can see. And I'm looking out of the corner of my eye and I'm going, I think this is Bill Johnson. Sure enough, it was. And I go, Lord, that's one. Put my stuff up in the balcony where there was only seats up there. Me and the seven pe other people. I go down. I take a gentleman with me. I said, let's go meet Bill. I'm going to show you. I call the biting act. I was like, you have to go. I told him, you have to go after the anointing. So I go up to Bill and I go, uh, 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 sir, I'm Louis D. Sienna, one from Jacksonville, Florida. Um, um, that asked for impartation. I just wanted to introduce myself. And he goes, oh, hey, so glad. You know, Bill's so gracious. So glad to meet you. I'm glad you're here. We're going to pray for you. I don't know when, but we're going to pray for you. And we're going to get that done. I said, okay. I said, as long as we do it, I am so hungry. And Bill reaches out and he prays for me again. I go, that's two. I walk back up. We go through worship. Bill teaches. I can't really remember what he said. But what happened to me at the end of that first meeting is we were about three rows up in the balcony. You know, it had elevation. And everyone left. And I go to get up. And, the, you know, seven of eight of us go to get up. I fall down three steps. And I am hit with the power of God for about 30 minutes. As the seven of them are just watching, observing, and you know, giving God glory. I literally have electricity shooting through my body. It's just going through my body for 30 minutes. And the anointing was on me for, for, for three, four days from this time. We go to Sunday night meeting. I go up and say hello again. He prays for me a little bit. Monday morning, two, Monday night, same thing. Monday afternoon, I have this encounter with God during worship where the father and the son came. I'm watching Bill do miracle signs and wonders. Tuesday morning, Bill, the fifth meeting Bill goes, which is the number of grace. Think about that. Bill goes, this morning, he says, there's a group here from Jacksonville for impartation. And so I've decided we're just going to lay hands on all of you. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, because you've contended, 600 people are going to get something they didn't contend, they weren't necessarily contending for. He wasn't bashing them. He was teaching me that, number one, as leaders, sometimes you contend for the multitude. Sometimes, listen to me, sometimes the breakthrough you think you need and it's so difficult is because you're actually getting a breakthrough for other people you're unaware of. And so Bill laid hands on me. I got so wrecked, folks. I got power of God hit me so hard. I had some seers with me, and they're going, man, when Bill was laying hands on you, these angels came, and I could feel angels doing stuff, and I was just out. That night, at the, at the end of the meeting, I'm walking by the platform, and there's a woman named Diane. And I've got her last name. I won't use it. But she, went, she was a student at the time. Diane stops me. She's praying for something. She goes, um, excuse me, could, could you just wait a second? I need to tell you something. I need to ask you. I need to tell you something. I went, okay. I sat down. And then when she's done praying with that guy, she goes, come here. And she starts 
prophesying over me. She says, when you walk by, the Lord wanted me to tell you that everything you came here for and gotten more, that your apostolic calling is sure, and God's given you the anointing and the power for a city, for a region, for a nation, and for the world, that you will see signs, wonders, and miracles. You'll see the government of God displayed, blah, blah, blah. And she just goes on. I'm wrecked. I'm wrecked, folks. More stuff happened that night. Um, uh, we get up in the morning and head back. And I've never been the same. I start seeing miracles. Not a lot. One every three months. And we start the church eight months later. Actually, ten months later. October 1st, 07. And we've we're going after revival and some of these people really don't want to go after revival so it takes about three months to weed through the crowd and i was okay with that because i remember bill's process that two thousand people were at bethel and then bill comes they all say they want revival but only 12 1200 leave in the first year so i realized okay this is part of the price and i go after it and we start seeing miracles and I go out to Bethel in May. Judy Franklin came up to me and said, Bill would like to invite you to the Leaders Advance. When you had to get an invitation and have it online, Bill would like to invite you to come to Leaders Advance. Are you interested? And I said, absolutely. And she sent, you know, she took out my email or she, she gave me some information and everything about the dates and stuff like that. And then I went back out there in May and in, in November. And I said this to Bill. Let me, t- let me tell you something. The, I tell you, I can tell you, you know, well, I went out there in, in, in November, the next, the second one as well. I went out there for like four years, two times a year, maybe longer than that. I went from 07, I think, to 2012. That's how long I went. And um, when I went out there, um, I went up to Bill. You should start. I, w- I, would, I would always go out for Sundays. And I went to Bill beginning on Monday because it would start Monday afternoon. It would go through Wednesday. It would go through Monday evening, all day Tuesday, all day Wednesday. Now that I think they've switched it, but whatever. And um, I went up to Bill before the meeting. I said, look, I know I was a little annoying because I was really like kept coming up to you, but I'm so hungry. And I want to tell you that I've been stewarding the impartation you gave me. And this is the miracles I see. And I started listing all these miracles that we see. And Bill and me just started crying. Because I think Bill was thankful. Because Bill lays hands on everybody. But not everybody comes back and said, Bill, this they're not stewarding. So that was on a Monday night. Wednesday night, Bill was teaching. And Bill goes, I want to talk to you about stewarding the impartation. Me and Bill, you know. Uh, we have a relationship. It's it's not one that I bother him too often, even though when I'm hungry, I do call Bill. I do like text Bill and say, Bill, I'm just hungry. And, I, and I'll get around him as much as I can. What's the point? There was a bunch of people. Leif Hetland, when he got prayed for by Randy Clark, there were 600 people in line and Leif Hetland's the only one who walked away from something. Here's the danger. You might think that Leif Hetland got that anointing because he was called. And I'm telling you, he got that, an, that anointing because he was chosen. 
There's a difference. All of us are called. Not everyone is faithful to be chosen. So there must be room for the anointing. There must be room for the anointing and power of God. If you're full of yourself, which I have at times been, there's no place for it to go. And what happens in our prayer and our hunger and our thirst, that it's designed that nothing else was satisfied but the one thing we're looking for. And so what happens in a lot of people's places of contending is they fill it up with something else. Now, the kingdom of God is in preaching with signs, wonders, and miracles and healing. There's no alternative to it. It's not in word. It's in power. It's um, what do you do? And this is what I learned from Bill. What do you do when you pray over someone? Bill had five people with MS. It's five people in Texas. Not one of them gets healed. Bill doesn't come up with a reason why the five didn't get healed. They didn't have faith and all that. Some of that might be true. But you know what Bill did? He said, God, they got me. This is what he taught me. They got me. They didn't come for me. But me was all I gave them. I didn't have what they needed. And he contended for the breakthrough in that area in him and in the anointing. And he eventually saw people with MS getting healed. I think we don't understand that part. See, I want to tell you something. In this hour, God is calling you and me to a new level of anointing and to a new level of power. It's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee as if you do nothing, you'll receive it. If you just sit back, it's going to light on you. You have to press into God. This is what I, I love about my friend Todd Bentley and stuff is the way his passion is to press in with God and pray and get the breakthrough. Todd, people get mad with that with Todd. I love that about Todd. I love being around Todd. That is, we, we sometimes, we, we just, my goal as a minister is real simple. When they come to me, I want to get out of the way and give them Jesus. Sometimes they get me. And so I learned for the last 14 years to not get mad at them because they got me, but to go before God and go, God, forgive me. They got me. I need you. I need you more in my life. I need you to do whatever you need to do in me that I can give them you. That's, that's my goal. Whatever you have to do in me so that I can give them you. That's my deal. I'm willing to go the next journey, the next, the next seven-mile journey with Christ until my heart burns again when he speaks to me. That's what I want. And I'm, and I'm going to test that anointing as I go. I'm going to test it as I go. And, and so what happens to us is that we, we, get, we give up. We, we go, well, it must not be for God. It must not be the season for miracles. It must not. No. No, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You are my brothers and sisters in Christ. I want to reveal something to you. God is no respecter of people, but he will honor the hungry and thirsty every day of the week. He will, he will do something with the hungry and thirsty that he won't do with the apostolic pride or the prophetic presumption. 
But you give them, you give them an usher that's hungry, which was me. I was just hungry as an usher, and it's it's it, that hunger uh, kept on um, kind of qualifying me for the next level, the next level. Where I would get in trouble is if I get to a level and I don't get hungry for more. I I just get satisfied. I'm not satisfied. I've seen the lame walk. I've seen the blind see. I've seen the deaf hear. I've seen AIDS patients go, cancer go, breast cancer, lung cancer, uh, liver cancer. I've seen, um, uh, you know, legs grow out. I've seen um, uh, bone, you know, uh, uh, bones grow. I've seen cysts disappear. I've seen kidney stones go. I haven't seen the dead raised yet, and I'm working on it with God. I'm working on it, and I won't stop until everyone who needs that encounter can have that encounter, that they don't get me. I don't care for them getting me. I don't want them to get me. I want them to get Jesus. And that's why you have to contend, because your theology will not save them. Will not save them. The kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. It will not save them if you give them your theology. You must give them Christ. And that's what we're pressing in for this hour because there is a fresh anointing of miracle, healing, delivering power that's like low hanging fruit, but it is in the realm of the heavenly sphere that you must go after it in prayer. And let God do what he must do in you in this hour. Don't think he doesn't have anything to do in you. He always has something to do in me. I don't know. Maybe you're better than me. But he always has something to do in me. To go to that next level. It's not a matter just about faith. It's This is where my faith is. I know if I press in your answers, yes. That's my faith. My faith isn't, well, I have it by faith. That's not faith. My faith is, I know your promises are yes and amen. That's why I'm going to pursue it until I apprehend it because you have promised it to me. That's faith. Amen? Amen. I hope this helps you. I really, really do. I'm trying to communicate this as many times as I can, as many different angles as I can because it's burning in me. And I hope it burns in you. Join me on this journey, would you? Come and join me. It's going to be fun. It's going to be right. We're going to see the power of God displayed like nobody's business but Jesus. Amen. God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Remember, we have podcasts. We have Rumble. We have YouTube. We have everything. Just go and find us on all these different things. And always go to lewisdcn.com. You can sign up for my emails. Uh, and I don't I don't even send one out every week, but at least you know when new products are going out and stuff like that. So God bless you. You have a great day. And may the Lord be with you. Amen. Bye-bye.